Good morning, Evergreen Online. I'm okay? All right. Good, good morning, Evergreen Online. Today we are here in Nagano Chapel for our first live stream service, our first fully live stream service. As you may know, starting today, you can now watch our live stream service in three ways. First, directly on our website at ebcla.org live. You can search for us on Vimeo, or our services will still be posted to our YouTube channel as well. And while our Facebook live stream is sadly discontinuing today, you can still join the community of Evergreeners there as a great place to virtually connect. Now this is our monthly communion service today, so please gather your own bread and cup at home and uh, participate later this morning. Uh, but we're not on Zoom, so you don't have to comb your hair today when you do it. This live stream marks the beginning of our journey from quarantine to our eventual in-person gatherings here on our Rosemead Church campus. This has been a long and difficult year, and I know that for very good reason, some of you are a champion at the bit to start meeting in person. I also know from our survey that half of the congregation doesn't feel quite comfortable meeting in large groups and are looking at either this fall or next year for your return. And all of that's okay. It just tells me that we have a very diverse congregation on another diverse topic. But because we have a variety of opinion, we're doing our best to care for all of you and to provide good worship options for both our online and in-person congregation. So we plan to have our Sunday services and some of our programming become fully hybrid in the future so that you can participate either at home or here on campus. Today, we only have a few of our staff here and the worship team to stream the service, but in the coming months, we are planning our re-entry into a gathered community. But this process is not as simple as merely unlocking doors and turning on the lights. This month, we are testing out our new live streaming platform which requires both staff and a few volunteers to get used to all of this operation. So if there's any te technical difficulties you're experiencing at home, please forgive us for the next few weeks. Our sanctuary technology is also currently being upgraded to allow us to present the best possible worship experience for our online congregation in the future. In July, we plan to transition our live stream from here in Nagano Chapel into the sanctuary and begin training on the software in that room along with a new soundboard and a multi-camera system. And in August, we plan to start inviting our lay leadership on campus for training and vision casting as the final stage before inviting the general congregation back to Rosemead. Now on top of all of that, we're still in a pandemic. And while many of us feel safer now with these great COVID vaccines, there are still important people in our church family that are not vaccinated. My kids, for example. So we're working to come up with some best safety precautions for when you come back on campus. We'll need a new team of volunteers just to help with these few changes. So if you're interested, we'll be letting you know about these opportunities in the coming months. But more than just the technical and logistical changes, the pandemic has brought about internal change as well. We've changed as people. We've changed as a church. This has occurred through both some positive revelation and some tragic loss. And my hope is that we can be very intentional 
about taking inventory of all of these changes that have happened. Now, most of us can feel that our society has started to pick up the pace in the last few days. Our, our state is set to lift most major pandemic restrictions in about a week. And most of us have already sensed people rushing back to their old lifestyles. And after such a long time in isolation, I mean, who can blame us? There's so much eagerness just to go back to normal. The only thing is, everything's changed. Our 2019 life is gone. We have to learn to embrace a new normal. Now, during lockdown, while I was walking in downtown LA one day, I came upon some letterpress paste-ups around the city by Stephen Kenny of the Printer's Devil Letterpress Studio. These prints really captured the moment of 2020, and so I bought a few of them to remember this historic time in human history. Here are some of the prints I found to be the most provocative. Now, I like these because I believe they accurately capture the moment. The pandemic at that time was changing the world and it still is changing the world. We had gone into it thinking it was a short pause in our lives. Sure, we stop church service for a few weeks, wait for the virus to die down, and then we pick up where we left off. But that's not what happens in a global pandemic. COVID-19 tragically killed 3.5 million people worldwide but it also killed our old lives. Practically every household in the country now knows the names Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson & Johnson, and Anthony Fauci. There is a new normal, and in many ways, we live in a whole new world, which is why we're not looking at our church opening as going back, but instead we're looking at it as moving forward. Many churches are eager to return to what was, as if nothing had happened in 2020. But I want us to be intentional about emerging from this pandemic as a transformed evergreen, embracing the ways that God has changed us in the past year. As I was reflecting upon the road to re-entry, I thought of the events at the start of the book of Joshua. Here we find the Israelites in a period of transition as the leadership mantle passes from Moses to Joshua. They have been wandering in the wilderness for 40 years and have, some have had some tough adventures together. Finally, after all that time, God has opened up the way for them to enter the land of Canaan, the promised land that they have been yearning for all this time. And they have come to the city of Jericho, one of the great border cities of Canaan, and they're ready to take it. The only thing they have to do is cross the Jordan River. After the desert for such an extended time. They're lost, alone, under hardship. You might think that this should be the end of their story. They've made it through all of that. In fact, though, this was just the beginning of the next part of the story. And that's what draws me to these first few chapters of Joshua right now. I think that's the perspective that God wants us to have as we come out of our exile in the pandemic in the pandemic wilderness and into a new season of life and ministry for Evergreen. That's why we're not talking about gathering on our campus as a return. 
Some are rushing to return life back to normal, running their ministries the exact same way as they did when they went into quarantine, but I don't want us to go back. I want us to go forward. The pandemic was not a pause in normal life. The pandemic was actually a crucible, a place of severe and intense trial where who we were was transformed or being transformed into something new. So much has dramatically impacted us. Some affected us tragically and we can learn from them, but some things were good and we should keep those changes. And so it behooves us to enfold these new ingredients into the dough of our lives. Our journey of re-entry then is not going back to Egypt, but going forward into Canaan. And we'll use this first part of Joshua as the guide for our entry into the new normal. This morning I want us to notice uh, what comes from the very first few lines of this book in Joshua. And it says this, it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Moses is dead. The story of Israel entering Canaan starts with the death of one of its most central members of the community. How profound that is, both for the story in Joshua and for us as a church family. The journey into the promised land actually starts with a foundation of grief. Loss and grieving is, it's the soil that God grows his promises out of. The last chapter of Deuteronomy also gives us a few more details about this grieving process. And it says that the Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab around the area where he died for 30 days. Before they even begin to cross the river, they grieve. There was a significant time of mourning, uh, practically a whole month. And it reminds me of how important and how necessary it is to grieve in these moments. Now, on one hand, the time of wandering for the Israelites in the wilderness, this was, it was over. Moses' life and leadership had come to an end, and a whole, new, or a whole generation that had wandered in the wilderness had passed on. I, I think it was totally appropriate to pause and to realize some of this great loss in their lives. Though I'm sure the Israelites had not wanted to normalize their wandering. I mean, they'd been doing it for 40 years. But, and so because they had been doing it for so long, it was normal now to them to have no home. It was normal to have no land. It was normal to have no stability. And I, can have, I have to imagine that the grieving of Moses, this community was actually grieving more than just Moses' Moses's death. I think Israel understood that they were on the precipice of a dramatic change to their life as they looked across the Jordan River. And isn't that like us? We didn't want our isolated, masked, and quarantined life to become normalized, but it has. And although we long for an end to this pandemic, we're actually still going to grieve leaving the wilderness. There is a loss we will experience even in that. Now, on the other hand, although the grieving was documented in the book of Deuteronomy for 30 days, I have to imagine that the grieving didn't stop there either. That the 30 days was just to give some priority to what, what had happened. But even as Israel, as Israel moved forward across the river, 
into the land of Canaan. Were they not still grieving? Were there murmurs as Joshua took over the mantle of leadership? People saying, that's not how Momo did it. Or maybe there were those that just felt close to Moses. They had friendships with him and they missed his friendship. And I have to imagine that in this story of Israel that there was, simply, there was just simply some sadness of death as the community moved forward. And even after the 30 days, these Israelites took that grief and carried it into the promised land with them. For us as a church, we've lost some really wonderful people in our community over the last 15 months. Some to death, others who have transitioned away from Evergreen for various reasons. We're going to notice a few empty seats when we return to the sanctuary eventually. We're mourning the people we love, and that's a good thing. But we can carry that grief with us into the next season of our church. God will use that grief to continue to inform us and shape us. But the good news, the good news is that just as in these first two verses of Joshua start with loss and grief, God can grow something amazing from that foundational soil. And just as our previous Earthling series reminded us through the Christ analogy of compost from death, God brings forth new life. This is the story of our faith, isn't it? Even as we remember Pentecost, the movement of the early church, the first Christian community was born out of the death of Jesus. It was only after Jesus ascended to heaven and left the disciples that a new work begun through the Holy Spirit. And the people of God can miraculously be reborn in grief and loss. Now our journey of re-entry onto our campus and into a post-pandemic society doesn't mean that the pain of loss stops. For a time, the loss might feel even more intense. But loss also does not stop God from bringing forth some good things. And my prayer for us is not that we would stop grieving as we move ahead, but that we'd allow God to grow something out of that grief. Now in just a moment, Pastor Jonathan is going to lead us around the virtual communion table. So we invite you to gather your elements of bread and cup at home. But after that time, we're going to be introducing a ritual moment for our Crossing Jordan sermon series. And in chapter four of Joshua, as the Israelites finish crossing the Jordan, Joshua tells each tribe to send a representative to the middle of the river and pick up a stone. And they were to place it as a monument in the place where they camped that night, memorializing their journey across the Jordan into the promised land. Each week, we're gonna be doing the same thing, taking a stone and slowly building up a memorial of our own journey. May it serve as a reminder for all of us, God's faithfulness to us from pandemic to promise.